0: I never tell a client, uh, no matter if it's a cat or a dog, I will never say your dog or your cat is fat or is overweight. Mm-hmm. I will try to come to that conclusion together with that. Yeah.
1: Sorry for saying, Sorry, Media presents the PER Podcast. The best podcast for feline medicine and surgery with tips, tricks, and updates for the entire veterinary healthcare team. If you're dying to know more about cats, Keep on listening. Here are your hosts, Dr. Susan Little, famous cat vet and textbook author, and Dr. Yola Kerpenstein, talented surgeon and social media geek.
2: Hi, this is Dr. Susan Little.
3: And Dr. Yola Kerpenstein, and this is the Purr Podcast.
2: And we are so happy because I think, Yola and I were just talking about this, I think mm-hmm. you are the first nutritionist we've had. Ever. I think, I, I think we, you yeah, know, we our, to go back, our listeners mean, will correct yes, us if we're wrong. They but, will,
3: immediately. Uh, immediately.
2: I think you're the first nutritionist. Mm. So that's yeah. really cool. Yeah.
3: I know we have Kara Burns who yes. was a technician specialized in nutrition, yes. so she did an awesome job. She but, did. You know, yeah. it has been too long.
0: Yeah.
2: So we'll let you introduce yourself. Yes. Okay. so I'm
0: Adronie Verbrugge. Um, I am a nutritionist at the Ontario Veterinary College. Yeah,
2: my um, alma mater.
0: Mm. <laughs> And um I dedicate my time to uh, teaching research and clinical service. How long have you been at
2: OVC uh, eight years? Oh my gosh time flies yeah. Wow you know
0: yeah.
3: and y- originally you're not from... <laughs> Canada or the OVC? Mm,
2: no, I'm from Belgium.
3: Oh, very close to my uh-huh. home country. <laughs> uh,
0: we could do this, this interview in Dutch, right? Yeah, oh, we could. No. We
2: could. That would be very good for Susan. <laughs> yeah, <So>. yeah. Maybe <laughs> you could have more an international audience. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but Susan would be very quiet. Yes, <laughs> yes.
3: First time in her life.
2: <laughs> First time. Probably, yeah, probably the only way to make Susan quiet is to do your interview in Dutch. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. that would work. So, yeah, yeah. So, so you, you did your, your, uh, your vet degree in Yes, at Ghent, at Ghent University. Yeah. Yes,
3: right. which is a my- wonderful mm-hmm. university. Program.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. <clears throat> it is. yeah. And yeah. then from there, so I had did my veterinary degree, and then after that, I stayed on as a PhD student right. slash resident. So I did at the same time. I have a, did a residency for the um, European College of Veterinary and Comparative Nutrition, um, and my PhD dealt with cat nutrition, yeah. uh, focusing Excellent. on <laughs> carbohydrates and yeah. cats. Um, and after, two, after that, two more years of postdoc at Gantt University, at first I didn't really want to leave, oh. uh, but then I decided to make, take the big jump and, mm-hmm. and come to Canada. So why Canada? Uh, it was Perfect. really the the job that interested yeah. me. Yeah. So when I saw the job posting, I was like, "Well, this is something that really yeah. interests me, and let's give this a try and go for an interview." And yeah. here well, we are, eight, eight years later. later. Yeah. So I'm and guessing it's
2: worked out. Mm.
0: Yeah. And now <laughs> so you
3: live in wonderful Canada. Yeah, it is in a great country, country,
0: isn't it? It is. It mm. is. Mm. Although people often like, especially people at home, they often ask me like, "Is Canada better than Belgium?" Mm. But I cannot really say that. Mm. Um, yes. Every country is just different. Sure, different. There's yeah. differences, and I, I, I can't really say it.
3: Nothing Better than a mother country, yeah, so you should not compare true. it anyway. Yeah. But do you yeah. get
0: home very often? Uh, once a year, maybe. Yeah, mm. mm-hmm. yeah,
3: see all your friends and family. Yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah. I because I'm, of course, an expat too, and uh, the most difficult part is the family part, especially yeah. my mother yeah. who is, yeah. you know, she wants me to be closer. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, but you visit your mom as much as you can. I do, I yeah.
3: do, so I have. the the luck to have a job that I can fly quite a lot so I tend to fly through Amsterdam and then you know go to my mom
2: yeah
0: In September I have a conference in Europe so I try to
2: yeah you'll make a a a a visit as well
3: exactly exactly good 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 so uh, and and OVC is is uh, pretty well known in the world it has a Mm -hmm. very very good reputation because of uh, excellent you know they have the primary care healthcare center they have a very big emphasis on teaching and communication yep. and they have an excellent nutrition service mm-hmm. thanks to you
2: yeah yeah tell us about the nutrition service who's there at ovc uh, these days?
0: so at ovc we're, our nutrition group is uh, has become pretty big like we're two faculty at the moment um, so right now i'm mainly focusing on research um, but dr sarah aboot is also working with us and she is She's wonderful. Um, really focusing more on the teaching and the clinical side mm-hmm. for now uh, we recently hired a veterinary technician specialized in nutrition mm-hmm. as well. So she's great. been with us for a month now. Right. Uh, her name is uh, Shoshana Vertenshaw. Um So she has- So you
3: do uh, deal in the most difficult last names <laughs> yeah. of the university, yeah. I guess. <laughs> I yes. So. great for Shoshana, that's yeah,
0: awesome. So she, she, it, this First month has been really great. We already see the the benefits of okay. having a technician working mm-hmm. with us. Um, and a specialized technician. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then uh, I have eight graduate students at the Ooh. moment. Uh, wow. Two of them are veterinarians and are doing a residency for the European mm-hmm. College um, specializing in nutrition. Um, and the others are either PhD
2: students or master students. Mm. So that's a lot of supervisory mm-hmm. work, right? Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's mm. a good, Apes, yeah. So it's a good <laughs> it's, a, it's a big number. I think so. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: So uh, they must And be what- I like it. It shows like just. I have ah. to turn down so many yeah. students as well. and It shows you the interest. A, it shows the interest in nutrition mm-hmm. yeah. um, among veterinary students, uh, but also among people that are not veterinarians yet mm-hmm. that are going through undergraduate degrees yeah. at the university.
2: So they're probably working on quite a wide range of projects, are mm-hmm. they? Yeah. yeah. So what are some of the interesting things they're working on? Uh, so I think at the moment,
0: um, most interesting projects, uh, what, I, what I still love the most is feline obesity. Yeah. Um, that's my really like that's my phd started there and yeah. everything so i like continuing with that so i have yeah. a few students working on oh, that great. um then uh one student is doing research on plant-based diets in Ooh, that's dogs a and thing. cats. yeah um and a couple of i have two students working on cancer related uh, research really? as well so wow. um one of them is focusing focusing on vitamin d and yeah. cancer in dogs um and another one did a survey on uh, supplement use. Yeah. Like, what kind of supplements are people using, are they, or is the cancer population
2: being fed more mm-hmm. supplements compared to the? Um,
3: and just population? to put another plug for OC, they also have a very good cancer center. They do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Great cancer yes. center. Yes. yes. yes.
2: So yeah. My own cat was treated there mm-hmm. for cancer. Yeah. So I had experience as a pet owner there, you know, as well well as being a a grad from OVC. Yeah, Yeah. cool. So
3: that takes quite a lot of your time then doing all that research. Uh, Yeah. 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 So So
2: what's the balance of uh, your research time versus say teaching time right now for you?
0: Under normal circumstances, I'm um, 60% research. Yeah. Um, 50 teaching, 10, no, 40 research. I'm completely wrong. 40 research, (laughs) 50 teaching, um and then um ten percent services my numbers were adding up to a hundred no yeah. they weren't yeah. that was, I, I was gonna say I think, you, I think you need an extra person in there yeah, yeah. forty so. is hundred yeah. you it's need another person to help you with that workload then yeah. yeah yeah so um but right now my distribution is a little bit different but. yeah
3: so what are the main problems in cat nutrition at the moment?
0: Um, I think obesity is, is a very big one when it yeah. comes to nutrition. Like, Even in Canada. Yes. Oh. Um, everywhere, and in, this industrialized countries. Mm-hmm. Right. whether it's North America, Europe, Australia, um, we see up to 60% of cats. Oh, being, it's a crazy number, isn't it? Right. Yeah. and Um, it, it is big. Um, so And I it's think
3: reflected it's, what we see in people, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not only yep. cats and what we see yep. in the other yep. species, which we don't mention, uh, <laughs> that uh, so it's, it's kind of an epidemic over multi-species yes. epidemic.
2: Yes. Yeah. So do you see, um, and I think there should be, like a sort of a One Health connection there, right? Where, mm-hmm. where there's a connection between obesity in pets and obesity in people, and how well, what, what, what can we do the, to, to, one of the, to look at the, two the strange problems.
0: things that I've seen in, in literature is that when it comes to dogs, the species we don't want to talk mm-hmm. about, um, you see that in that dogs that are obese tend to have obese owners, owners. Mm-hmm. tend to have less active owners, mm-hmm. but with cats they haven't found that yeah. relationship yet. Yeah. Um, it's it's not because a cat is overweight that the owner will be yeah. overweight, and yeah. I, maybe it's just because of the lifestyle, right? Because right. M- it's cats have an indoor lifestyle. They don't necessarily have the lifestyle that their owner has right. because they're not going on walks or not being active. Right. Like it's a different relationship. Are with, with dogs, it's right. just a little, yeah, a different and,
2: relationship.
3: And we know that CDC has done quite a lot of work in dog walking and so people that Get a dog that are obese become less obese because they walk mm-hmm. more they go out more so yeah. obviously you don't take a cat to walk except no. for except for bug yes yeah.
2: except for for bug, bug. yeah <laughs> have no you best. met bug uh, yeah I know bug, you you know know bug. haven't met yeah. bug yeah yes, yes. 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 So bug. bug is here actually <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. at this this, yeah. this uh, veterinary conference that we're at so you may see bug mm-hmm. yes. Um, Bug is a kitty who uh, comes with her veterinarian mm-hmm. um, often to conferences and she's a very chilled out cat and <laughs> mm-hmm. seems quite uh, relaxed in uh, in public spaces. Yeah. More relaxed than most people are in public spaces actually. So, but she's an exception, yeah. right? That relationship that people have with their cats is usually not based no, around no, activity. No. Right. Or at least no, outdoor at activity. All. And then like looking at my own cat as well. Like she's sleeping 23 yeah.
0: hours a day. Let's yeah. Say right. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. getting a cat active is really, is really yeah. difficult. So I,
2: yeah, I think that that speaks to um, how important it is to recognize uh, differences between species. So when we're tackling obesity problems in cats, it's going to be somewhat Mm. different than how you're going to tackle it in the other species. Mm -hmm. Um, uh cats are more likely to have short bursts of activity and then a lot of rest yeah right they're not like constant activity or or longer periods of activity but does that make it harder do you think to try to get them moving because they're yeah because of their nature Yeah. yeah yeah i
0: would think so yeah
2: so if you're working with um, an owner whose cat is obese, obviously we'll talk about the nutrition component yes. in a bit, but it's more than nutrition. Yeah, right? it is more
0: definitely like yeah. activity
2: is a, is a big thing.
0: And yeah. I mean, I think when, when you're treating obesity, you don't want to just focus on nutrition, no. like it's a whole, a complete lifestyle change. Yeah. Right? Like, and not only in cats, like in every species. Yeah.
2: But so what what are some of the cat things that we can talk to owners about that are, aside from the aside nutrition? Aside from part, the nutrition. Yeah.
0: Um, I think um making them work for their foods. Yeah. I think that's a that's I love a really that one big too. one. Um like I tried food toys with my own cats, uh, but when there's a bowl, a bowl of free food there, she will never play with the toy. So in order to motivate the cat to play with toys and to be more active, make sure that is the only source of yeah. nutrition. You have to pick up think, the yeah? food bowl. Yep. Yeah um and then make sure there's a lot of environmental enrichment right like yeah. scratch poles things that they can jump and go on a height and then climb and things like that um it's not it's not just the activity also some of these cats are really bored in the household oh, yeah. and just making sure that they're less bored make sure like when we're bored we often go, tend to go to food as yeah. well right um so um cats do that as well so they will if they just don't know what to do they just go to their football and just eat all day yeah. right?
3: And last um, but least, I think it's also mm, underlying diseases that we don't mm, recognize. And I think
2: yeah.
3: joint pain, for instance, yes. is a very common sure. older cat yeah. disease. They don't want to walk, and you yeah. know they get yes. feathered. They don't want to walk. Yeah. I mean, it's just this vicious circle that they get into. Yeah. Yeah. That, that might. Uh, so when you have young cats, often they're still yeah. kind of sporty and and thin. Yeah. But when they're older, they start. Yeah. To
2: yeah bigger, yeah that's very true and some of that might be like yeah. a concurrent disease and, and yeah. i do feel like with,
0: with dogs elder older dogs are focusing a lot on joint problems but with cats it's still yeah. something that people don't really don't and, talk and a lot enough. of cats hide their pain right yes. that's the problem um mm-hmm.
2: so they're it's a it's, problem. it's something
0: that is still under diagnosed.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and I think part of the problem too is just again as we've talked, the relationship with the owner to the cat is different. So they don't take the cat for a walk every day. So an owner's going to notice more quickly if their dog is limping or slow, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But the signs of of chronic pain or arthritis in cats, owners just might not notice as readily. Yeah, yeah, and yet we know it's a really common disease as cats get older. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and of course there's uh, nutrition plays a role in that too. Yes. And, and, um, I, and, and there is a big link to obesity because if you do have yeah. chronic joint pain and we can get some weight off of you, that's going to help you as well. And we yeah. can go
3: also mm-hmm. into the fact that, you know, veterinarians are probably not the best sellers of nutrition in the world because <laughs> they don't talk about it in when, uh. when cats are healthy and normal and they don't have any problems. I mean, it's not that they always bring on nutrition as an essential part of yeah. their mm-hmm. well-being.
0: And, like I do see that in in Canada, veterinarians are better than in other places mm-hmm. of so the think? world. Yeah, they're, wow. they're like looking at the numbers uh, that are out there. Um, veterinarians in Canada are better at prescribing veterinary therapeutic mm-hmm. diets than wow. other countries. Good, good for us. So maybe other countries can learn something. From I don't know what, what we're they're doing, right, right? but yeah. good. Okay, um, but um, but there's definitely room for improvement there, and and I think. Like like veterinarians should focus, like and, and I think often the conversation with the client is going a bit wrong. The client mm-hmm. always gets the feeling that they want to sell something, yeah. right? um, but it, it's really you as a vet. It's about focusing on the pet, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, making sure that you can explain the benefits of a certain diet and why. Um, a, any species should be on a specific diet. And I think the easiest thing is when there is a specific disease, you can mm. focus on treating yeah. the disease and making yeah. making life better for yeah. that. Those are easier situations. Yeah, those are easier. Right? Yeah.
2: Those are easier. Um, I think vets, do though, do have sort of this innate reluctance to appear to be a salesman, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. we don't want to, yeah uh, feel like that and we don't want to be perceived yeah. like that so i think vets need help in how to how to make that conversation work yeah right so they're the vet's comfortable but when it's about treating disease yeah. uh, we should look at diet as a drug, yeah. right mm-hmm. and, and yeah it's a good way to look sell at it the
0: same it. way so you are prescribed prescribing specific antibiotics or whatever for certain diseases or anti-inflammatories uh, nutrition should be the
2: same yeah. way right?
3: i always compare it with fleas so fleas are kind of normal every mm-hmm. of every cat every dog has fleas and we prescribe something for against the fleas we also know that every cat and every other species have (laughs) problems with their diet but we don't prescribe diets to them and that doesn't mean that you have to have a therapeutic diet for every case in the world they just need to have be on a balanced diet yes and you need to check it because if you don't then you probably will never find out that this cat is Probably getting the wrong nutrition
2: yeah mm-hmm. yeah this is a good point i think to bring up the wsava nutrition um, global nutrition uh guidelines because yep. there's an amazing wealth of information and <clears throat> in, not just in the guidelines but in all the uh, additional tools yes, yes um on the website so wsava.org right yep. so do you use some of the tools yeah for yeah. sure um i i love their body condition scoring yeah. charts
0: mm-hmm. um first and for all they're not branded um yes, that's all, nice. like we have beautiful charts before from pet food companies but pet owners don't like us we don't like selling things right mm-hmm. so if there's no logos of a pet food company on there that's really that's something really nice helpful. to use in the in the consult room, um, also their muscle condition scoring yeah. charts. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's really important to, in every animal, not just focus on body condition scoring, but also yes. do muscle condition scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, because body condition score really just assesses the, the fact. Yeah. And, and can you,
3: and you explain, because we have a broad audience, yeah. can you explain the difference between the two and how you do it.
0: Yeah, so um, with body condition scoring, you're really looking at fat deposits. So you feel, you look at the animal, you feel the animal. You have, you always have to feel because the Mm -hmm. fluffy coat will hide a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, So feel the animal and check for uh fat depositions at specific locations in the body like on the ribs yeah. um like cats typically yeah, that yeah, little, the, the abdominal... little tummy right yeah <laughs> um so cats and dogs are definitely different when it comes to to fat deposition so that that little abdominal fat pet pet, is really yeah. typical it's a for cat, cat. Thing. that's a yeah. cat thing um so um also look at the silhouette of the animal um mm-hmm and have this have is where based. the, yeah.
3: the wava guidelines can help yes, because yes. they have pictures and yeah. so you put them in a yeah. certain category.
0: um they have pictures and they also have descriptions mm-hmm. so if you don't feel 100 percent comfortable with mm-hmm. giving and that's what i tell that vet- student veterinarians um they're not feeling 100 comfortable with their scoring it i'm like look at the descriptors and look back at your cat and see mm-hmm. does the does what i see mm-hmm. match with the descriptor um, so so that's also a very nice And what um, I
3: really yeah. like about them is when when I was still doing clinics I used it also as a tool for the owner before yes. I started even yes. the discussion say okay where do you think your cat is yeah. in this scale and then they pointed at most of the time, way below where yes. I thought the cat was. That, <laughs> yeah. Okay, are you really sure that that's exactly how your cat looks like? And <laughs> and so you kind of educate them because it's a difficult topic to bring up. Yes, but yes. But if they show yeah. you, it's much easier to
0: yeah. talk about. I completely agree. Like I it. never tell a client, uh, no matter if it's a cat or a dog, I will never say your dog or your cat is fat or is overweight. Mm-hmm. I will try to come to that conclusion together with them. Yeah. Um, so that's one way of doing it. The way I do it as well is I use the trick with my hand I've,
2: um I've heard describe this because i've heard this so before.
0: um i will when i when i feel the ribs, i will explain that the ribs have to feel like the top of your hands okay. like um that's that would be normal when you feel you the knuckles on your fist that would be too thin mm-hmm. if you're feeling the bottom of your hand and of your flat hands that would be too fat right mm. um so when I explain that, yeah. I see a lot of owners on in their seats, they're like, kind of sometimes <laughs> yeah. fighting it a little bit. they're feeling their Checking hand, their right? Hand. And if I see good.
2: that, it will, I will tell them, well, now,
0: why don't you feel your own cat or your own no. dog? Um, and I see them doing that, and I will ask them. So, what do you think? That's a great. And way then to they, do. They, awesome. they often admit, ah, "Do you feel the ribs? Do you not feel the ribs?" And then they often admit, "Yeah, mm. there is some extra
2: fat covering mm. there." And maybe that kind that, of opens the conversation. Maybe that's the what I have to do with my mother-in-law. <laughs> right. great tip. Show her the hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. yes exactly. yeah. But I love that yeah. approach yeah. because yes. the owner comes to the conclusion themselves, right? Yes. Nobody likes yeah. to be told something. Yes. yes. But if they so discover it. So that was
3: the body condition scoring. Yes, now right. we're going to the muscle yeah, condition, condition
2: scoring. scoring.
0: The, so the reason I feel that muscle condition scoring is really important, with body condition scoring, we're looking at the fat. We're not mm-hmm. looking at the muscle. With muscle condition scoring, you're looking specifically, or you're feeling for specific bone prominences to hmm. see how, how, muscle, um, how much muscle mass the animal has. So temporal mm-hmm. muscles, um shoulders spine spine, hips Mm -hmm. um really focusing on those specific muscle groups and it's really important because one there can be situations where animals have local muscle loss like we talked about those cats with mm-hmm. um, osteoarthritis. Yeah, that's true. Um, so they may be overweight because they're inactive, but they may have lost muscle yeah. in the back. Skinny okay.
2: little legs. Yes. And st- yeah, that's true. Um,
0: there can also be general muscle loss with aging, right? Yeah. That they, right. they lose losing sarcopenia. sarcopenia. Mm. Um, I think with cats, um, the uh, most extreme example, um, when these two scoring systems are needed at the same time, is a cat with hepatic lipidosis oh, a cat yeah. with hepatic lipidosis i always had trouble scoring with body when yeah. we just did body condition mm-hmm. scoring because there's so much fat but that cat was you still yeah. felt the ribs yeah like, it's like
2: it's almost sense. a
0: skeleton yeah. in, in, in a fat in suit. A fat su- That's a good <laughs> Right? Yeah. 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 So there you would give that cat a nine out of nine body condition yeah. scoring because she's fat. Yeah. Um, and you would say that the cat has severe muscle loss. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in that situation, it is really, it is really important to yeah. do both. Of
2: them. Yeah. So and one, cats are good at losing muscle mm-hmm, mass. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes while well, still preserving fat mass, yes, right? Yes. So it's a really good distinction. Yeah. So and, one
0: of the
3: criticisms on the uh, the body condition scoring was also that the extremes are not extreme. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so when we're looking at body condition scoring, um, the scoreboarding system that Wasava, um, uses as a nine point scoring system, um, with a nine being obese a yeah. one being, um, underweight, mm-hmm. uh, the, Four to four five, five, five being normal, mm-hmm. um, but the, there's also a five-point body condition scoring system. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been used a lot, and I think many yeah. people still use it. Yeah. Um, for me, there's really not any difference between the five-point and a mm-hmm. nine-point yeah. because I tend to use half points with the five-point, yeah. making yes. a nine-point the five-point into, into a, a nine-point nine point, exactly. So, mm-hmm. um, so I don't see any problem. Yeah. With using either of them. I think
2: it's helpful within a clinic though, if you maybe decide on the same one. So there's consistency. Yeah. The only thing with any of those scoring
0: systems is that the highest score, so every score um, is matched with a percent body fat. Mm -hmm. So a normal score of a five out of nine, uh, no, a five out of, yeah, a five Mm. out of nine would be 25% body fat with every score you add 5% body fats. Yeah. So you come up to like, So it goes, um, 25, a six out of nine will be 37, will be 35. Mm-hmm. Um, so a nine out of nine will be more than 40% body fats. Um, but we don't know exactly how much mm-hmm. It yeah. could be 50, it yeah. could be 60. Like I've seen, I IV read DEXA scans, cats that are more than 60 percent crazy. So cats.
3: so you, you, you oh. and, and it, it makes a difference, it does make the differentiation between obese and morbid obese. Yes. The, mm. the dangerous obese. Because yes. yeah. nine is obese and it's dangerous. But yeah. if you go beyond yes. that, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we've They're all seen
2: cats that you'd stuff. like to score as like a, a 12 out of nine, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like no. you're, yeah. you're trying exactly to get a bigger that. number. And what
0: I recommend in those situations is don't just rely on your body condition scoring, also do morphometric measurements. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a great idea. So um, morphometric measurements um, tend to be um, more uh, precise yeah. um, the fatter the animal is. Yeah. So and it's really, do, uh, so do. with morphometric mm-hmm. measurements, you would do, you would, um, uh I think in now I have to think about
2: cats. I think it's yeah. four measurements. I think in it's cat. four and four in the cat and six in something the like other that. species. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's less in the cat. Yes. Dog. Yeah. I think it's four in the cat. So you're you're measuring specific parts of the body, like yeah. um body length, um yeah. head head circumferences, circumference, whatever. So leg yeah. circumference yes. in there. Yeah, yeah. So and it's a certain set of
2: measurements. Yes. And then once
0: you've done the measurements, you put this in a software and it will tell um, you percent body fat. Percent body yeah. fat. Um yeah. If we're doing just body condition scoring, you can know the percent body fat based on your scoring, Mm -hmm. right? Because every score relates to a percent body fat. But when you're in that category that is more Mm. than 40% 40 body fat, you want to make sure that you get a little bit more precise estimation of body fat. And morphometric measurements can really help with that. Mm -hmm. The reason why it is important to estimate body fat is because we use that to come up with an ideal body weight um so if if you don't ideally you go to your files you go to the medical record and you check was this cat here when it was younger has there ever been a recording that shows a body weight and a normal body condition score Mm -hmm. that would be the ideal situation whenever we don't have that we can calculate an ideal body weight by using the current body weight and the body fat percentage and
2: based on the body condition yeah. score. Yep. The other reason I like morphometrics is it removes a, a, some of the judgment call, right? Because even when you're doing body mm-hmm. condition scoring, there's still like a judgment mm-hmm. call yeah. in there, yeah. right? And so for some owners, having that, it's almost completely independent. You know, mm-hmm. we're yeah. going to make the measurements, we're going to plug it into yes. the into the computer, and it's going to give the answer. I didn't give the answer. Yep. You know, so that yeah. that being at one an arm's length yes. sometimes is really yes. c- helpful. It is
0: really helpful, and it's especially for the very overweight Yeah. Animals.
2: Yeah. Um. It,
0: morphometric measurements are less precise when we're using it for animals that are like a 6 or a 7 out of 9. Yeah. yeah. Um so there I'm a little bit afraid that um the measurement like if you use the software the measurements will underestimate the ideal body weights. Okay. And of course in cats, when we're restricting calories yeah, too much- Yeah, we need to be careful. We need to be careful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So especially yeah. when
2: the
3: cats are obese.
2: Yes. Yeah. So these are all great tools, you yes. know, that I wish vets used more actually mm-hmm. and un- yep. and understood how to use them, yes. right? Yeah.
3: We'll put the links of yeah. these various places where they can find uh, yeah, these Yeah, we'll put them on our website, website our, our is...
2: perpodcast.net website, mm-hmm. when we have the yep. description of this yep. episode, sure. yes. we'll put the links to yep. the WSAVA um, tools in there. Yeah
3: and also the, the morpho-metric. And the morphometric. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you yeah. This was wonderful. I mean, the first set of our uh, two uh, talks that we'll have with you. So we'll be back in two weeks. And you know, it's crazy how time flies when yeah. we're talking about something that we're so extremely mm-hmm. passionate about. Yeah. So, and, and I, I, and I always refer to the fact that Susan and I started this podcast because there's no, not enough emphasis on cats. Yeah. And I, I think obese cats is a oh. entity. If you talk about 60% obesity within the cat population, that's something that we really yeah. should tackle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really happy that you're here to bring yeah. up that, uh, that topic.
2: Yeah. And we'll have some more. We'll have some, we've had some great tips and, and tricks to talk about obesity in cats. So thank you very much.
3: Yes. So this
1: was wonderful. Thank you. Dr. Yerla Kurpenstein is a diplomate of the American and European College of Veterinary Surgeons and a big cat fan. His specialties range from surgical oncology and reconstruction to minimally invasive surgery. He is the author of two textbooks on basic and reconstructive surgery. Did you know he was allergic to cats? Yola works currently at Hills Pet Nutrition. You can follow him on social media with the handle at G-V-E-T-S-X opinions of this podcast are those by Dr. Susan Little and Dr. Yola Krippenstein. Veterinary medicine is a complex profession, and often there are multiple diagnostic and therapeutic options for different disease processes. If you're a pet owner with questions, please go to your local veterinarian. If you're a veterinary professional, ask your questions on our Instagram page, at Per Podcast.